But we're, if we're to step out of the old into the new, we have to have faith. Faith-filled eyes to perceive what God is doing. We need hearts that are aligned to receive it and walking in faith to run with it. So if you have your Bibles, if you can tear with me to the book of Isaiah 43:19, and if you don't, it's on the screen in front of you. And here we see the prophetic word that was given to the people of Israel through the prophet Isaiah. But God laid out how they would come out of captivity, a 70-year captivity into liberation and redemption. God was calling his people out from the old into the new. So listen to this, it says this. See, so pay attention, look. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. He says, see, I'm going to make a way where there doesn't seem like there's a way, where it looks impossible. Because with God, all things are possible. He is our way maker. Some of us might be in a mindset that the best is already behind us because of your past. Maybe you might think that there's no hope for the future ahead. And for some of us, we're just, you know, we're pretty comfortable about the way things are. Some of us are living in the past victories that we've experienced and maybe the past failures and past experiences, but God is calling us individually and collectively into the new that he is doing. So I've called this talk All Into the New, okay? Let's pray. Lord, would you help us to see what it is that you're doing? As I'm speaking, Holy Spirit, would you be just stirring our hearts to be expectant that you will speak to us about what it is that is ahead for us individually and collectively. Would you speak to us, Lord? May our hearts be sensitive to what it is that you are saying. In Jesus' name, amen. So, God is doing a new thing. Now, there's something, you know, about how we're wired as people sometimes that makes us kind of, you know, romanticize about the past, you know, whether it's old films or our youth, or, you know, the old music. You know, when, when, when the Facebook memories post, you know, the Facebook memories post, like the old, you know, there's old pictures that come up and say, hey, 10 years ago you were doing this. And it gives you, you know, warm fuzzy inside, right? And, you know, you like that. It's good. It's good to remember those past experiences and past memories. It's nice. And sometimes we can develop this idea that the past was always way better. Now, if we look at the film industry now, it even feels like, you know, Disney is in that nostalgic place. I don't know, it just feels like that, right? It just feels like there's rebooting happening all over the shop. You know, the old stuff is just coming back. They're reliving the old successes. Lion King was great in the past. Hey, let's, let's do it again. Aladdin was great. Let's do it again, you know. It's good. I'm enjoying it. It's good. We're going to see Lion King today, so, you know. No offense to them or anything like that. But, but there's something about that just you know, bringing stuff back. And we can be a bit like that. We can stay in the past or just try and make things happen the way they always happened before. But what I'm saying to you today is that God is doing something completely new. And we need to position ourselves to walk into that new thing. Because it's hard to go forwards if we are looking backwards. It's hard to go forwards if we are looking backwards. So let's look again to Isaiah 43 to learn a bit more about what God is saying about moving into the new. And this time we're going to start at Isaiah 43, 15. Okay, so God says this. He says, I am the Lord, your Holy One. 
Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all of its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned, their their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. God starts by drawing the attention of the Israelites to who he is, and he reminds them of his greatness. He reminds them of how he has, has, has rescued them out of a place before. Like today, we've been remembering the goodness of God. We've been thinking about how God has saved us and helped us. As they were running away from the Egyptian captivity, he created a dry path through the water. He saved them. And it's good to remember the goodness of God and build our faith through what we have seen him do in the past, like we were singing about this morning. And I often think back to when we got this very building here. Who was here when we we came to this building? Anyone hands up? Yeah, a few of you were here. It just seemed mind-blowing to me that we got such a huge building. Anyone, does anyone kind of remember that? It was like, whoa, you know. In many ways, we've seen how God has powerfully provided for us as a church. And back then, some people may not have even understood why we came here to this massive place. Now, we were about half the size than we are now. But God had a plan, and we have seen how his hand has moved so powerfully upon us here in the city center. Now, he gave the vision and he made the provision. We have seen him. We have seen him provide for us. And likewise, individually, God has made a way in our lives, from the small breakthroughs to the big breakthroughs. But then, in verse 18, God says something interesting. He says this, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. So he reminds them of the past and his goodness, but then says, forget the past. That's interesting, right? But what he's saying here is there is a sense in which we must remember the past, remember God's goodness. And so, you know, we think about the goodness that he's done on our behalf, but we can't live in the past, whether it's the victories or the past failures. He's saying, yes, you were slaves before in Egypt, but I made you free, so don't dwell in the memories of the past slavery. And also, sometimes we expect God to do something like you know, do things exactly the same thing as he's done before, or exactly the same way that he's done things before. But God is saying, I've done those things, but expect more. I'm going to do new things in a new way. He says, pay attention to the new that I'm doing. And I know firsthand how we can get stuck. We can get stuck in the past ways and past memories of life. Um, me and um, my husband, Daniel, we were married in 2011, and I relocated from London to start our new life up together up here. And then seven years ago, yesterday, on the 27th of July, 2012, we exchanged contra- contracts and picked up the keys to the new house we had just bought in Hull. So, in fact, seven years today was the first full day in that house. And I was heavily pregnant. I was, like, waddling around. It was, I was heavily pregnant. It was hot. And in so many ways, God was doing a good thing. He was doing new things in my life, in our lives. But inside, I hadn't quite let go of the past things. I'd lived my whole life in London. I'd I'd been a member of the same church for 14 years. I missed my friends and my family so deeply, even though 
To this day, a few of my cheeky friends still say that I live in Emmerdale Farm, hence the picture, I mean, till today, really. But for the first couple of years, I wasn't able to fully lean in to the new that God was doing. I knew he had called us here. I knew, I'd had a dream, I knew that he had called us here, but the process of adjusting to the new was so hard for me. You wouldn't have known, it was really hard. I was just so homesick. I had one foot, you know, in London and one foot here. I was kind of like straddling, I was divided. Because part of me was still dwelling in the past. And often, instead of conforming to God's ways, we expect God to conform to ours, consciously or unconsciously. We, we want our own way. But God's ways are higher than our ways. They're better. They really are. Even when we don't understand. And in Romans 8.28, he says this. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. We are called according to his purpose. He's got good plans for us. No matter what things might look like, he works them together. And so when I got hold of this truth and I repented, the fog lifted. It was just like... And suddenly I was able to see, suddenly I was able to embrace God's new in my life. You see, God has eternal purpose for the whole body of Christ and a specific part for each of us as believers. And so if we jubilee can believe God and agree with him and trust him, we can grasp hold of what it is that he's doing and run with it. And we'll see God move so powerfully in our lives, individually and collectively as a church. Now, if we're living in the past, we're not looking in the right direction to embrace what it is that God is saying and doing now. Because God's next is always best. His next is always best. As we look to God, the more God-sighted we become. And the people of Israel, they had a tendency to like, dwell in the past and grumble about the present. So then in Isaiah 43, 19, 21, God continues to talk to them. He says this. This sea... I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise." In the previous verses that we looked at before, God reminded them he had made a dry path through the water. And here, God is saying he will provide water in the wastelands. Sometimes we miss what God is doing because we're expecting God to show up in exactly the same way each time. But God is saying, look, believe me, I'm doing a new thing in a new way. Last time you needed dry land and I pushed the water back. And now I'm giving you water that you need. I know what you need exactly when you need it. And in this, God so wonderfully points us to our new life in Christ. The Old Testament points into the new. As if we fast forward to John 7, 37 to 38 in the New Testament, when Jesus said this, he said, if anyone, he said it in a loud voice as well, he said that he said loudly, he said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, Streams of living water will flow from within him. It's just from your belly, it will come out. Here Jesus is talking about his Holy Spirit, who comes and lives in us when we come to Jesus in faith. 
And he is the water that we live on, that we depend on, who gives us life. God was pointing to now that as we drink from Jesus by his Holy Spirit, the living water flows in us and flows out to others around us. So when we go without water, right, we get thirsty, right? We get get thirsty when we go without water. But only Jesus can satisfy our thirst with the unending water of the Holy Spirit. And this water is available to anyone who comes to Jesus. So just as God told the Israelites he was making a way through wasteland with streams of water, he he has truly made a way for us through Christ. We need to trust that he is able. He is able. (coughs) Now, because of our past lives, or even our present situations, some of us are going through some difficult times, you might be sat there thinking, But can this be for me? God has a part for each of us to play. He has a plan for each of our lives. We are his ambassadors, who he has chosen to work out his kingdom. And he says to us in Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. We can't actually get our heads around what it is that God's going to do. The power that works in us is not the extent of our power. It's not about our cleverness or our determination. It's the extent of God's power, which is infinite, never-ending. We cannot get our heads around it, that kind of power. The same power that raised Jesus from the grave is in you and in me. So just think about that. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. You know, when I think back into my own life, I, would, I couldn't imagine that even, like, even 10 years back, what God has done today, it's, I can't even get my head around it. God has got a plan for each of us. We can't even understand it. But as we walk with him, we grow in understanding. We know God is calling us into the new. And as a church, we may have some glimpses of the things that lie ahead, such as the church plant in, in North Hull and the TLG school. But the fullness of God's plans for us both individually and as a church collectively are beyond our imagination. So as we walk with God in his spirit, we grow in revelation step by step. So whether it's your ability to make music or teach or make people laugh or sew or bake or be a good friend or a desire to help and encourage people, We start with what is in our hands as we partner with God. And as we grow, he puts more in our hands, more and more. Each step of agreeing with God and obeying him changes us. And we experience more and more freedom in Christ. And in turn, we bring freedom to others through him. See, both our freedom and the freedom of other people are on the other side of our obedience. I'll say that again. Both our freedom and the freedom of other people are on the other side of our obedience in following him. Now, it's a bit of a paradox. The more that we do our own thing, the less free we actually are and the less fruitful we actually will be. No matter how successful people look when they're doing their own thing, looking really successful, it's nothing compared to the power that God wants to unleash through us in his purposes. So we then become shaped by his love. And the overflow of that is that we love those around us more. God uses our natural talents and he releases giftings within us to impact those around us. 
Now, there's a song that we sing, I think we might sing it later, it's called Build My Life. Because as we build our lives on God's love, we want to, we want to outwork the love inside us. And then the Holy Spirit leads us in his love and truth towards those who are around us. Those streams of living water flowing in us and then out. And as a church, God has given us vision about developing the bank. Over there, you see the, like, the, the building works that's been going on over there. He's given us vision for that. He's given us vision about TLG, the school. Had Deborah from TLG come to speak to us a few weeks ago? He's given us vision for it. He's given us a heart and a burden for it. You know, and then recently, you know, over the last few months, we've had, you know, we've had leaks in the building. We had a break-in. We had a huge rewiring job that cost loads of money. And we're still looking for that right person to lead the school. But God has spoken. He has spoken. And his word will not return to him empty. This journey in faith is not an easy one. So just as God provided prophetic words to the Israelites, he provides these prophecies of encouragement to us because there will be moments when things get tough. Now, when it looks like just the opposite is happening, like, you know, where's this person? Who's going to lead our school? What's happening? Why, why are we rewiring? What's happening to the building? But God is saying to us to hang on to his promises in faith and patience, and we then grow close to God. And remember, it's not by our might or our cleverness. It is by the power of the Holy Spirit within us. So to my final point, it's about facing forward with fresh fire from heaven. So as I've been speaking, I'm really hoping that faith and expectation and excitement is rising in us that God is going to do exceedingly more than we can imagine in us individually, in you. Wherever you think he can do, he can do more. For some of us, he's stirring up new giftings, new ideas, maybe ideas that were a bit dormant and maybe coming back to life. And we're to let go of the past and build our faith and receive fresh fire what it is that he wants to do now and next. Back in April... We had another prophecy, the Regions Beyond Prophecy, and it articulates what I've just said quite well. It says this. <clears throat> we can live on the memory of yesterday's fires at which we warmed our hands at the expense of the reignition of fresh fire today. Yesterday's fuel has become today's ash. Let the history books record those great days. However, it is detrimental to the future if we dwell at a pile of ash because it was once a raging fire. It is time to shake the ash from the grate so that, bre- the, so that breath of the spirit for a new era can touch and ignite the apostolic embers. The fire of a new era is for the purpose of sending out sparks to ignite many around and to which many will come and take burning embers so as to cause the same fire to burn in other regions and nations. What a word. This era requires fresh fire from heaven. God wants to see us awake to see so we can receive it and go forward. Now, as I was preparing for this, I was reminded that seven years ago today, it was the first day of the London 2012 Olympics. And just as athletes are called to run with forwards momentum, so are we. 
No, I don't know if you remember, but at the beginning of the Olympics, the Olympic torch is passed around. Remember, anyone see that on the telly? And they go around the country, passing the torch from person to person. And it reminded me of this prophecy that we just heard about how we need to receive that fresh fire to run and pass that fire along in our communities, in our nations, and in our regions. And I remember my friend praying over me a a few years ago, and she was saying that God was saying, Alison, Put your trainers on so you can run forwards towards me. Today, I wonder if God is saying to all of us, come on, put your trainers on. So right now, in my personal life, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to lead me into his truth and reveal to me what it is that I need to leave behind and what are the new things I need to step into. Because I know he's got new things for me and I know there are things that I need to leave behind. We mustn't let the past or the present circumstances stop us from taking the new territories that God has for us, both individually and collectively. God wants us to join in with what it is that he is doing. Don't believe the lies of the enemy that whisper there's no hope. There is hope for your future. It's like John said earlier, there's hope. God says, look up to him and put your trust in him. And as we go from the old into the new, yes, things might be uncomfortable. Yes, there'll be transition. And yes, things are going to change. But God says, I am with you. And my plans are good. Follow me. Now we become like whatever we are running towards. And we are filled with whatever we fill ourselves with. May we be filled with fresh fire of the Holy Spirit who fuels us to run towards Jesus and become like him. Just as the athlete is focused on that finish line, our eyes must be fixed on Jesus to move forward. At this point, I'd like the band to come up. So I have a question. What is it that you need to leave behind? As I've been speaking, the Holy Spirit has maybe been prompting many of us to bringing some things to the surface. Now, for some of us, it's fear. Fear of the new, fear of the different, fear of failing. Maybe there's something that God's been speaking to you about, but I don't know if I can do it. I don't know. But as we live in the love of God, his love crushes the noise of fear, and we receive his grace and courage. For some of us, our opinions, our discomfort, or our need to understand stops us from agreeing with God. But when we agree with him, we find freedom, and then we can embrace what it is that he's doing. We're to step over our opinions and embrace God's vision. Step over our opinions and embrace God's vision. In Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, God says this, he says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. When we renew our thinking and realize that God's plans are always going to be bigger and better than our plans, we can leave the pain of our past behind and we can run into what it is that God is doing. Instead of dwelling in our past regrets and disappointment, let us trust in God's appointment. 
God doesn't want us to be governed by disappointment, but he wants destiny to be in our hearts. Instead of focusing on our weaknesses, let us find our strength in God, for his strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. Instead of dwelling in our failures, let us remind ourselves that God has a plan, a good plan for our future. Now, we're often tempted to focus on life's uncertainties rather than on the certainty of who Jesus is and that he is with us always. And maybe you've been walking with God for a really long time and you have seen God move powerfully in the past. I want you to know that whatever you've seen, God has more in store. He has not finished with any of us. You may have experienced God move wonderfully and amazingly in the past, and I have, and we rejoice in that. But may faith now rise so we can embrace what God is doing now and next. For some of us, we are experiencing deep pain, shame, guilt because of the past or even the present that we find ourselves in. We're, we're finding it hard to move forward. We're feeling stuck Now, God places us in communities so that we can get the support that we need. You are not alone. Jesus has taken care of it all at the cross, and we can know freedom. We can know healing. God is with us all of the way. We can trust in him. So for all of us, let us be confident that he is faithful to complete the good work that he has started in all of us. Let us all be in for the new. All of us be in for the new. Let us all be asking God what it is that he has for us. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, would you open our eyes to see what it is that you're doing? Holy Spirit, would you fill us afresh with new vision, fresh fire? Would you help us to leave the things that we need to behind so we can move forward into what it is that you have for us, that we can take hold of what it is that you want to give us. Would you give us courage and boldness to walk in what it is that you want for us? Amen. I'm going to hand over to the worship team. And as we sing this next song, I'd like all of us to respond. I'd like you to ask the Holy Spirit to show you what it is that you need to leave behind. And he will help us to do it. The Holy Spirit has everything that we need, whether it's healing, fresh vision, fresh fire. This altar is open and the ministry team will be here to stand in agreement with you. Amen. There's nothing worth more that could ever come